from KQED. Before we get on with this week's episode, I have a favor to ask you, dear listeners. Since you know a lot about us at this point, because, I mean, hey, it's been 160 episodes, we want to know a little bit more about you and what you think of the show. So we created this cute little survey. So you can find it at surveymonkey.com slash r slash the cooler. Again, surveymonkey.com slash r slash the cooler. Do us a solid and fill it out, will you? We would really appreciate it. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamitra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler. This week, if Beyonce is not safe from unwanted physical attention, then who among us is? Oh. We're going to talk about why it's even more important to protect your boundaries in this Me Too era. And as the eighth and final season of Game of Thrones, we're going to talk about its dirty little secret. An original pilot so bad, the show almost didn't get made at all. And we're going to play a game involving Florida and crime because <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Oh, is Florida Man a part of this game? <laughs> they all are. All the Florida men. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. We remember him. It's been a yes. while. Yeah, Antoine. Well, hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your husband is still applicable because Amari Hardwick. He's on the loose. He must have forgot where he was at the NAACP Awards. Beyonce Jay-Z walked in. I guess he was overwhelmed, like most people overwhelmed, because who wouldn't be if you saw Beyonce? Walked up to her, hugged her, kissed her on the cheek, and it was like, okay, embrace, kiss. But then he came back in for a second kiss, and then that second kiss got a little close to the mouth. You can see the little face Beyonce makes the second time he goes in for the mouth kiss, Mm -hmm. and it's just a, uh, and she knows she's being filmed as well, so she keeps it in. I think a lot of people are familiar with that feeling. She had to keep it classy. And that's what, so I will say that watching her face, it made me uncomfortable. And then it also brought me back to times where I felt uncomfortable. And I've been in situations where I've had contact Mm -hmm. with people and you put their feelings above yours and you just like grin and bear it, which is what it looked like she was doing. She was like grin and bear it. It's that twinge of recognition. Mm -hmm. And you see it and you're like, oh, I felt like that. Not just once or twice, but many a time. Many times. She's one of the most heavily guarded women on earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that this is happening to her with all of that power and fame, it's like the rest of us are, yeah. Well, seriously. You know, a lot of them do this because of that poise and that power. It's like a takedown attempt because, let's be honest, a lot of guys see a powerful woman and they kind of can't bear to see it. Mm-hmm. And it's a really effective way to just tamp someone down, try and almost neuter them. I think he did this because of Beyonce's power, not despite it. There are a couple different takes. Like some people felt like the beehive and people were overreacting. Other people talked about like, well, this is just the way some people greet each other. When I first talked to my husband about it before he saw the video, he was like, isn't that what people do in Hollywood? They do kisses. I was like, no, no, we do air kisses. Mm. Like, you don't get all up on someone's mouth like that. And there are other ways to greet people. The comedian again, Kev on stage, had alternatives. Let me tell you what. Growing up in the black church taught me one thing, if nothing else. Side hugs are the way. You can never go wrong with a side hug. I'm going side hugs all around. See, side hugs, number one. Number two. The traditional kiss is you put your lips to the opposite side and you make the sound. And the last option. And I don't want nobody kissing me or kissing my wife. It's just handshakes and side hugs. It's safe. I feel comfortable with handshakes and side hugs. Don't be double kissing, man. Yuck. Handshakes. Side hugs, air kisses. 
Also, there is a fourth option, mm. which is... Don't touch me at all? Well, yes. <laughs> but like waving hi to a whole group of people so you don't have to do individual mm-hmm. greetings with everyone. It's like, bye, y'all. Large wave and start walking away. Fifth exactly. option, cordial handshake. Six options. Stay home and don't involve <laughs> yourself with anyone because people don't know how to ask. People Seventh option, space mission. Put yourself in the spaceship. Blast off. Seriously. Just not with Elon Musk when he goes. Well, you know who's going to suffer? All of us. Because Beyonce never comes out for awards. And now she's like, you know what? I gave y'all a, a <laughs> momentary glance. And here it is. I came out of the house and someone bit me. And then someone kissed me. Can we talk? And then even on the stage, that person ran up on the stage trying to hug her, do whatever, Mm -hmm. at the On the Run tour recently. So she's not safe anywhere. This clip, despite like, you know, how some people feel about it, it's brought up personal experiences for many people. And it's a conversation about boundaries. Because for me, I thought about the many times I have had to fake a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. wear a fake ring, Mm -hmm. or do something that was something to protect myself from unwanted male attention or you know a guy is coming in he's a little creepy or a little like grabby and you have to position your body a certain way if he's going to be close to you like why do i have to do that patriarchy listen the fact that me too is so prevalent and that this would happen right now did it sting a little extra or do you feel like of course people will continue to overstep despite the conversations that are being had i feel like some people are taking away the large takeaways from me too Mm -hmm. like Oh, Harvey Weinstein, bad. Don't rape women. Mm-hmm. Systemic don't, abuse of power. Louis C.K., don't ejaculate into a succulent when someone's standing so there. So the outlandish oh, things. But these more micro things, mm-hmm. like with the whole Joe Biden situation oh, that's currently yes. happening where someone said that he smelled her hair and then kissed her on the top of the head. That detail was really icky. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen photos of him like putting his hands on women's shoulders Mm. and whispering in their ear. Mm -hmm. And people see him as Uncle Joe. But not every woman thinks of him as Uncle Joe. Not every woman even knows him like that. There was a conversation about the Joe Biden situation on The View, which I watch religiously. I know you love it. And I'm here to tell you that four out of the five women on the panel sided with Joe Biden. Really? Whoopi. The most. Well, don't even whoopee. I'm just, I lied a lot. I lost hope years ago, so. Well, get ready to lose some more hope Mm. because I have a clip. I don't know that we will see any more smelling of hair and kisses on the forehead. But see, that that pisses me off. I'm telling you because, well, I don't want Joe to stop doing that. I don't either. I'm sorry. She doesn't want Joe to stop smelling hair. So how about she offer consent for him when she sees him and then he can smell her hair. But not every woman wants Joe to approach her and sniff her hair. Uh, and I hate, like, making this a generational battle as well. God, I hope when I am Whoopi Goldberg's age, I am out here fighting for younger women mm-hmm. and protecting them from the advances, unwanted advances of older men. I hope I don't get to that stage and be like, you know what, I'd love to still have that attention. Because that is not the point, yeah. Whoopi. Right? And Megan. <laughs> and the rest of y'all. Another layer of her defense of Joe Biden, which lasted like nine minutes, Hmm. was the whole, well, I know him and I know he's not like that. Uh, Even certain women are not receiving all of the lessons of Me Too. Like just because you're friends with someone and has been kind to you doesn't mean he's been kind to everyone else that he interacts with. And you're Whoopi Goldberg. Joe Biden's not going to do that to you. It's, I think it's that's an important layer that you just touched on and then you touched on earlier also, which is this idea that people are taking away the larger pieces from me too. like, OK, ejaculating into a plant. Bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like exploiting women sexually. Bad. But then I think every single day there are these offenders 
male, female, whoever, who do things all of the time Mm. that they don't realize make other people uncomfortable because they only think that it's a problem if it's, it rises to this really sort of... Yeah, it's like, well, he didn't rape her. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, should we be grateful for that? Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking your truth, I told you what I have done in the past. All of my dodgy ways, fake wedding rings, <laughs> um, <laughs> fake boyfriends, fake phone numbers, you know, leaving the room when I see someone who may come over. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody was too touchy-feely or made you uncomfortable? And then how did you deal with it? I've shared my experience of using a fake name when I'm out, when people ask my name. And I often find that guys ask me, why would you need a fake name? It's like, well, Mm. you're searchable on social media. Yeah, I've had that where, you know, you've been followed up with, where Uh you do not particularly wish to be followed up with. So that's why I don't necessarily tell people my full real name Uh when they ask for it in bars. And we're not even getting into the realm of physical touch there. Uh And again, everyone's had that experience of, oh, this is a little bit too close. Everyone's had the hug in the bar that you feel like you have to rearrange your bra afterwards. And you smile and you shrug it off because otherwise you're the one that's making Mm -hmm. the situation awkward. I've been in situations where you'd fear for your safety to be like, I'm not interested. So that's why you have to do Mm -hmm. something to placate that person's emotions just to make sure that you're safe. And it's sad that we got to be there. But the fact that we are having these conversations with me, too, we got to keep pushing, you know, just speaking up for ourselves. Yeah. I think especially it's really helpful for like straight cisgender guys to know that if a woman very politely, respectfully tells a guy that she's not interested, it's quite frightening. Mm -hmm. The result that you can receive from that, the, oh, do you think you're pretty? Do you think I was interested anyway? F you. Yeah. Everyone's had that happen to them. And it's really scary. Uh, Zero to 100 real quick. It's not Mm -hmm. just a Drake song. That is reality. That can happen real fast. Yeah. What about you? Certain gays feel overly familiar Hmm. and try kissing on the lips, hello and goodbye. Are you kidding? This happens all the time. I don't know you like that. Exactly. How rude. Girl, I just met you. (laughs) No. And also, I'm not trying to catch mono. Listen, I'm looking for cold sores. Like, we don't know one another that well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't lend the chapstick, you're not going to do the kiss on the lips. Right. Also, in certain gay clubs, not saying all gay clubs, there's this assumption that your being there is the permission. Mm. So so you consent it just by walking through the door. Yeah, so like getting grabbed on the ass, sometimes elsewhere. Mm. And it's like, wow, we're doing that? It's like 8.15 p.m. So it's mm. almost like the version of like, well, if you dress like that, you should know what you're getting into. Mm. But you're just walking through a door. Have you seen the way I dress? Like, <laughs> uh, You dress fabulously. Like a large child. I just, I so was, it's I was even like, more No booty shorts. I haven't seen booty shorts yet. Or like, no. <laughs> but the point is that you could be in Speedos in the yeah. club and you should never have mm-hmm. your ass or your junk grabbed. Yeah. And like start a conversation first at least. Yeah. Okay. So reaction, what do you do? Kind of like what Carly was saying earlier of like, you don't want to be the person to like ruin a vibe or mm. be dramatic. And I think in the moments, these things happen so quickly that by the time you arrange your thoughts in order so that you can react in the way you want to, the moments passed mm-hmm. or it might come off like you've been thinking about it for a long time and mm. it's like, oh, chill yeah. out. So no one wants to be that person, but sometimes you got to be that person and stand up for yourself, even if it's a little delayed. There was a moment a couple of months ago I'm not going to give too many details Mm -hmm. because I don't know who listens to this. (laughs) A lot of people, apparently. I was hanging out with a group of burlesque dancers. Oh. Women. Sounds fun. I'm already into it. Yeah, I was too. 
And one of these burlesque dancers took me aside, talked my ear off about how she's now embraced her sexuality, which is how she got into burlesque. And she's poly now. And she's just like fully in her sexual self. Okay. And then she called me cute. And then she grabbed both my nipples and twisted them. Emmanuel. Okay. And I like made a face, I think, Mm -hmm. because I did not like it. And instead of saying sorry, she doubled down and did it again. And I was like, this person is a maniac. And I just like walked away. But she was friends of the friend I was there with. So it was very Ah. awkward. And I didn't want to make a scene again. So I didn't say anything to anyone. But it was really uncomfortable. First Mm. of all, I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. And second of all, F that B. Right? I mean, come on. Her name is. <laughs> it's actually really funny you bring that up because I was chatting with a very dear friend of mine and she was talking about catcalling and how just like the relentlessness of it just really grinds her down. And she was saying that, you know, she came out of a cafe the other day and was told, you know, oh, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Ugh. And I texted her back being like, F that guy. I hate him already. You know, I want to find him and punch him. And she said, no, it was a woman. Yeah. Mm. Well, so that's the thing, though, is that I think that when we talk about these Me Too conversations, we typically think about cisgendered men. Mm -hmm. But then anybody can cross the boundary. How many of us remember the Who Bit Beyonce fiasco? That was based on what we know. Because that was a lady. Yeah, that was a lady. (laughs) And and she still denies it. But people say it was Sanai Lathan. Yeah, it's clearly Sanai Lathan. And she clearly crossed the boundary again with Beyonce. What is it with people losing? Well, here's a really uncomfortable question for you. And you don't have to answer me. Have you ever been that person that you have realized, ah, I really crossed a boundary? Yes. I know I have. Mm-hmm. I can get like dirty with people when I'm talking because I think it's funny. Yeah. And then I realize, oh, it's not funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because that could potentially make someone feel really uncomfortable. So one of the things that I had to peel back on recently, which I didn't even realize was a problem, was that I compliment people a lot, which doesn't seem I mean, like I a- love it. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a bad thing on the surface, but like I started reading into the fact that like maybe people don't want to be talked about in that. Or they way. don't want to have their appearance. Yeah, they don't on. want yeah, you, yeah, they don't yeah. have their appearance commented on. So when I walk up to somebody and be like, "Oh my god, your eyeshadow is so pretty," and I'm staring in their face, mm-hmm. they're like, "This is making me really <laughs> uncomfortable." Because I love to receive compliments, but I have another friend who says every time someone comments on her appearance, even if it's super favorably, mm-hmm. she feels like meat. Yeah, she feels like a commodity. They feel objectified, and it could be a guy, a gal. She hates it. Yeah, so I had to check myself. You've been checking yourself before you wreck yourself, Emmanuel? You know, growing up in this culture, I think we think we can comment on people's bodies if it's like a culturally positive thing. Mm -hmm. Like, have you lost weight? Have you been working out? (laughs) That kind of stuff. But as I've grown up, I've realized it's just a better policy to not comment on people's bodies at all, ever. Forget the whole, are you pregnant thing. Mm -hmm. Never do that. I've I've done that once before. You only make that mistake once. I'll say that. (laughs) Okay, like take out the tiniest violin for me for what I'm about to say, because I know it's eye-rolly and annoying. But I can't wait. People listening might not know this, but I'm quite skinny as a person. (laughs) I say slender. Yeah. Yes. Slender man? Svelte. (laughs) Is that that serial Gigantic. Yes, Slender Man has gigantic limbs and he kills kids. C'est moi. Wow. That oh. was me the whole time. Wow. Reveal. Admin <laughs> reveal on the podcast. Flat twist. All that to say, I am super skinny because of a digestive thing. We won't get into the details. But Your business. it's out of my control. Yet, there has not been like a three-day period that's gone by that someone isn't like, wow, you're so skinny. Or you should eat more. Or did you mm. eat today? And it's like, why are you talking about this and always bringing attention to my weight? 
It's annoying. I think it's a good blanket rule. You don't need to comment on someone else's appearance like that. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do it. I think the moral of the story here is that all of us can learn a little bit of lesson from this awkward, uncomfortable kiss at the NAACP Awards. And that Me Too isn't just for the obvious offenders. It's for us all. We have the tools here. Make good choices. Do good things. Do better. Stay in your lane. Lips over here. Mm. Beyonce over there. Mm -hmm. And I will drink to that. If you're one of the 20 people on Earth who haven't seen Game of Thrones yet, we are going to have spoilers galore in this segment. My Lady Jamidra, my Lord Emmanuel, can you believe it has been a whole eight years since you heard this music for the very first time? Can you believe it? I got chills and I'm already looking for the changes in the map because you know, the map changes every single time. Map changes. For those who have been living in a bunker, Game of Thrones, season eight, the final season is back. Next week, April 14th, it's a Sunday. How are you guys feeling about it? I know you're fans. I cannot wait. I don't know what my kids are going to do. You know, we'll we'll just we'll have to figure something out. Early bedtime? Yeah, early bedtime. I will be watching the show. I'm tuned in. Is it the day before tax day? Why would they do that? Oh, gee, thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) (laughs) Buzzkill. It is a brutal show. Tax day is brutal as well. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there you go. I'm so excited. But if anything happens to Arya Stark, I will not be in this chair doing the podcast for that week because I will be in mourning Mm -hmm. officially. For real. So... This is going to be intense, right? Everyone you know is going to be watching this. But what you might not hear too much about is this dirty little secret. It is one of my personal obsessions ever since I found out about it. And I'm so excited to share it with you. You guys are familiar with the concept of the pilot, right? So when someone wants to make a show, they put together a pilot, kind of like a let's feel out how this is going to look and feel and see whether test audiences like it, right? Yes. So, a long time ago, a pilot was put together for Game of Thrones. And oh my God, this pilot was apparently so bad that it nearly consigned the whole show, Game of Thrones, to the trash can. Oh, details. I need to... How? Right? How how could you possibly make this show bad? So I need to... This is the thing. So, like... I'm obsessed. What could have been in this sliding doors version of history? Why would you bring up Gwyneth Paltrow with no, right now? With no Game of Thrones <laughs> in it. Imagine if Game of Thrones had never got made because this pilot was so legendarily bad. The trouble is, right, there is no footage of this pilot. Mm. It is not leaked online. And I think it's not going to leak online if it's been like eight years. There is just a script. This is all we have to go on. This somehow surfaced online and people have been like dissecting it and looking at all the differences between this fateful pilot episode that was apparently just terrible and the real episode one. So it's like super shadowy, super mysterious, and only a handful of people in the world have ever seen the shitty pilot but according to them and the script like almost everything is different there's one guy who actually saw both versions this original pilot and episode one he's a screenwriter called craig mazin and he's called it and i quote the biggest rescue in hollywood history that saved a complete piece of shit and turned it into something brilliant 
I might have to find him on social media. Right? Have a chat. He's not afraid of saying what he wants no, to say. Clearly. I am fascinated by origin stories, as you guys know, especially when they are like so different to what we think we know about someone now, like Katy Perry's Christian Rock beginnings. Oh, yeah. I'm what? weirdly fascinated by like Steve Bannon's past life as this Hollywood screenwriter. And someone who had a tub full of acid. Terrifying. What? Yes. <laughs> okay. I see. I have some Googles to do after mm-hmm. the show. Also, I found out recently by listening to a great podcast called Unspooled that both Dustin Hoffman and Gene Hackman were both voted least likely to succeed at drama school, wow. which like makes me really happy for some reason. <laughs> Wait, why would you? Rude, right? It was the fire under their butts. They're like, I'm going to show you. Pasadena Playhouse represents. Yeah, screw wow. those guys. But since the whole story is so mysterious. I want to see this pilot more than I want to like know the truth about Roswell, alien landings, <laughs> the Kennedy assassination. Honestly, if you offered me the footage of that versus this, I would go for the Game of Thrones pilot every time. If I offered you the alleged P-tape. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Game of Thrones every time. Really? Every time. I would do it. Okay, so this is all really mysterious, but we do know a few details about why this pilot was so infamously terrible. So... Will you come with me on this journey as we explore fully here the batshit craziness in quiz form? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, guys, I want to find out who, just like Littlefinger, knows everything and who among you, like Jon Snow, knows nothing. Wow. Well, listen, I don't want to be Littlefinger because we know how he ended up That's if you're a real true. fan. Mm. Cue the music. Question one. As all fans of high fantasy fiction now, the first Game of Thrones book called, wait for it, A Game of Thrones, was released by George R.R. R. Martin back in 1996. It took them four years to make this terrible pilot. And the reaction by the few who saw it resulted in them recutting it and filming new stuff for what we now know as episode one, which was called Winter is Coming. My question to you, how much of that got replaced? Do you think it was 20 minutes, half the episode, or over 90%? Oh, I'm going to go with over 90%. That's same. Guys, you're both right. Over 90% of this terrible (laughs) pilot was junked and recut. It is that bad. But there is still some stuff from that original pilot in the episode one that you know and love. And apparently, if you know where it is, you can kind of look for it. Apparently, there's one scene where Sansa Stark looks like literally years younger. And that's because it's a pilot scene. Wow. Yeah, so go back and look for him. Question two. In episode one, there is this iconic moment when incestuous siblings and oh, yes. lovers, Jamie and Cersei Lannister, are discovered by Bran Stark having sex in a sexy tower. Do you mm. guys remember this bit? I, listen, I will never forget that moment. Do you remember what Jamie does to Bran? Listen, that was the moment that I realized I was into the show. Same. Yeah, that, like, it's that kind of show. It's okay. like, yeah. I have arrived, here's my show, I'm mm-hmm. going to throw a kid out the window, yeah, and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. But according to the show's creators, the pilot had this big problem with how it presented Jamie and Cersei's incestuous relationship. My question to you, what was the problem? Was it that a different actor was playing Jamie and had zero chemistry with Cersei? Was it that the pilot had Cersei speak in a fake Russian accent, which sounded ludicrous? Or was it that it wasn't actually made clear that they were brother and sister? Hmm. Mm. I think the show is really complicated and it's hard to make everything clear. So I think it's C. 
And Jamidra? Um, I don't know why I'm leaning towards the Russian accent. Oh. I just think that would be funny to hear Cersei do. But... You're leaning towards it because it was a delightful red herring mm-hmm. planted by me. Yeah. In fact, it's because the script totally didn't make clear that they were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So nobody watching the pilot was knowing why they were meant to be so shocked. Apparently the creators showed it to some of their friends. And I quote, this guy David Benioff, one of the showrunners, said... None of our friends realized that Jamie and Cersei were brother and sister, which is a major, major plot point that we had somehow failed to establish. Mm. That is apparently the reason why when you're watching episode one, there's tons of scenes where she's like, welcome, my brother Jamie," And he's like, hello, my sister Cersei. That's the reason. Because if you don't know there's incest going on, how are you meant to be shocked? And even with the rewrites, the first time I watched it, I was like, pause, hold on. (laughs) Why? They are brother and sister. I think I missed something. I went Mm -hmm. back, saw the scene that you mentioned. Hello, fellow brother. Hello, my sister. Would you like to have sex? I have two hands <laughs> in which to seduce you with. He loses one of the hands. Exactly. You, if you're a fan, you know. Question three. Okay, this pilot is apparently full of like cringy moments. It's really stiff and really formal. And all the characters that we know and love now act super differently. And one of these characters is Jon Snow. Mm. Okay, my question to you, how was Jon Snow acting in the pilot when we first met him that made those very few people who actually saw the pilot cringe so much? Hmm. Was it that he spoke entirely in rhyme? Was it that in true Game of Thrones incest fashion, he was hitting on his sister? Or was it that he was as drunk as a skunk? Mm, I'm going to go with drunk because, you know, we had to know and love John. And we, we built this up over the, over the episodes. And we had, that was when we first established a relationship. We couldn't have fallen in love with a drunk. I don't know. We but, oh, you'll take the incestuous sibling. Mm, that too. I'll take yeah. it. Being treated like the, quote, bastard of the family mm-hmm. for however many years, like 19 years or whatever. Rough. Would drive me to drink. Mm. So that's my guess. You're both right, guys. The OG script has him so drunk that he falls off a bench and knocks into a girl carrying a bunch of wine, tripping her up and spilling the wine everywhere. No, this will not stand. You're doing well. You are, honestly. I think you're more little fingers than Jon Snow's right now. But let me test you with this. In a universe full of really awful villains, who's the scariest villains? It's the zombies, the White Walkers, because they can only be stopped with a special sword. But in this terrible pilot, the White Walkers did something very distracting that made them way less scary, according to the very few people who've seen it. Hmm. What did they do? Rather than walking, they glided like they were on roller skates. (laughs) Rather than being spooky and silent, they talked. Or rather than being icy white, they were, in fact, camo green. Oh, what? So I'm going to go with the skating because I could just, you know, Game of Thrones production is just extra. They go over the top with... with <laughs> you just see them the, gliding yeah, along they, like they idiots. The top, so yeah, I yeah, could yeah. see them gliding and then they were like, you know what? It, does not, it looks a little bit more like Disney on ice than what we thought. <laughs> so let's peel it back. What do you think, Emmanuel? Were they gliding? Mm. Were they talking? Or were they camouflage green? I don't think they would be talking because that's a lot of an extra script. So I'm going to say no to that. Camo green. I'm, that's not my guess. I'm just saying... <laughs> That's a weird thing that you put in there. Because it's not a camouflage in the snow. Right. So I'm going to go with gliding because nothing else makes sense. Guys, you fell into my Westerosi trap. <gasps> they were talking. Uh. They were talking in this weird, like, scrapey, like, ice-cracking language. And the, like, the showrunners had, like, started to make all this vocabulary for the language. And then they watched it and then it made them sound way less scary and dumb. So they don't talk anymore. Yeah. That's the reason they're silent. Last question. Get ready. It's the biggest question. Okay. 
in this crazy pilot, two major roles were played by different actors than we're used to now. Huh. One was Catelyn Stark, wife of Ned Stark, R.I.P. She was played in the pilot by this actress called Jennifer Ely, who people may remember from the original Pride and Prejudice back yeah. in the 90s. But who is the other major, major character in Game of Thrones who was played by a different actor in the pilot? Is it Daenerys Targaryen, Mother of Dragons, Arya Stark, Keeper of Lists, or is it Jamie Lannister, Remover of My Pants? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Um, oh my Daenerys, Arya, Jamie. Which one are you going to go Okay, for? this is hard. They're also iconic, yeah. right? Jamie Lusso. Oh, uh, speak for yourself. My pants are already off. <laughs> but it could have been a different actor. Like that time they swapped that hot guy. Oh, Daria Naharis? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, listen, they... Some of us noticed and we weren't happy. I w- listen, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I think it was Daenerys. Just like wild. Oof. So I was going to say Daenerys, but I'm going to go with Arya because I think they probably had another kid actor in there. And then they were like, "Mm," or younger. Maybe they tried to go younger. Mm -hmm. And then Arya came in and was like, guess what, girl? This is my job. Actually, guys, I had to say, Emmanuel, like Littlefinger, you know the most. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. It was Daenerys. Some British nobody called Tamsin Merchant was playing Daenerys. And then she got recast when they were like, she's not very good. You know, she has gone on to be in The Tudors on TV. Okay. And also this show called Salem, which I haven't watched. So she's sticking with with a certain genre. She's been in a lot of period dramas. According to her Wikipedia, she has written several poems, including Where Does Revenge Stop? and Ode to a Toilet. Oh God! So, I think someone doesn't like her and is trolling her Wikipedia account, guys. I just, I mean, you just think, but that's got to hurt, though. Right? If you were, if you were in, literally in the pilot to mm-hmm. be. One little thing I did take note of, Emmanuel. I know you were a fan of the Sugar Babes. <gasps> she was in the video for "Song for Mutia" by Grivamada. Wow! So it's not all bad. Apparently not. So there you go. Thank you so much to Vanity Fair, IO9, and Huffington Post for all of these amazing <laughs> facts about the abortive, disastrous Game of Thrones pilots. And I just want to wrap this up by saying, remember, even the most amazing things can start as an utter shit show, which Mm. is truly the motivational message that many of us need to hear today. And next time you're struggling to make something work, like either in your personal life or at work, just remember, just like the Game of Thrones pilot, if nobody sees your biggest mistake... Did it even really happen? Can we put that on a Hallmark card? Right? See you on Sunday, April 14th, guys. It's the big and the pick. Hey, the big and the pick. Hey. I'm not great at math, but I do know this. Rap music plus Elon Musk multiplied by no. Harambe, nope. uh, the gorilla, nope. cannot equal anything good. Nope. No, that's like one of those sums where it just equals zero. Trick. Yes. I wish this was an April Fool's joke. It is not. This Mad Lib from our collective nightmare is real like a herpes sore. Elon oh. Musk <laughs> oh. keeps flaring up with his ridiculous behavior. 
Most recently, he was forced to step down as CEO of Tesla because he got into a little bit of fraud that resulted in him having to pay $20 million of his own money. With the 420 tweet, right? Mm. Yes. Just a little bit of money, huh? And $20 million from his company as well. So that was 40 mm. total. And who can forget the time he called one of those rescue divers who helped the Thai boys in that flooded cave oh, a pedo. Yeah. And he continues to be a dark, spoiling influence on Grimes' career. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask if they're still together. They are. And actually, forgive me, she now goes by lowercase italicized C, which means speed of light. And I think that's his influence. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Um, I'm yeah, not even going to ask. Whatever. You were repping Grimes for a long time, as I recall. And it's harder and harder every day. <laughs> I don't doubt it. When you're that good at being terrible, you <laughs> don't want to stop. It's a yeah. gift, clearly. So Elon Musk decided to make a rap song about drinking gin, Bombay, in case you're wondering, oh. smoking weed and missing Harambe. Oh, God. Is he 12? And for anyone who doesn't know, Harambe wasn't around in 2016. He is the gorilla at the Cincinnati Zoo who was killed because some kid fell into his enclosure when Harambe was minding his own business. Mm-hmm. It's not fair, but it happened. I also miss Harambe, but I'm not dragging his ghost from heaven to vomit <laughs> autotune all over it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm tired of suffering alone. I'm going to corrupt your eardrums Why would you do this as well. Us? It's only fair. Where my girls are, we miss you. We really, really miss you. I think that T-Pain should be imprisoned for bringing us auto-tune in this mm-hmm. fashion because people <laughs> like this are now abusing it. So a few episodes ago, I said Pharrell's happy belongs in the ninth circle of hell. Yes. Yep. This thing, I'm not even going to call it a song, belongs right next to it. Elon, force quit Garage Band. Never open it again. <sighs> force quit. Lowercase italicized C. Shame on you for showing him the ropes. At this rate, he's going to join the 2020 race as an independent. I can't. No. Pit of the week. To him. Where's Azalea Banks when you need her? Yeah. Don't even. And now to our peak of the week. You can learn a lot about yourself using the internet. You can look up your birth chart, your Myers Briggs personality test, which Hogwarts house are you in? Mm. Ravenclaw, duh. Mm. Or you can type the phrase Florida man and your birthday. Oh, yeah. And you can find out which outrageous Florida event has synchronicity with who you are and when you were born. Shout out Sunshine Laws. Some of my favorites from this news story genre, if we can call it that. Mm. Drunk Florida man tries to use taco as ID as his car catches fire at a Taco Bell. Wow. That's a lot. Okay. Florida man breaks into restaurant, strips naked, eats noodles, plays bongos. When you? Yep. I would. Okay. Seems legit. Florida man wrecks liquor store, blames it on Caterpillar. Okay. <laughs> okay. Elon Musk is going to have a rap single about the Caterpillar oh. next year. Florida man who allegedly threatened family with Coldplay lyrics and standoff after SWAT promises him pizza. There's wow. a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah. So obviously I had to look up our birthdays to find out obviously what event goes with us. So glad you did. Carly, December 31st. Thank you. Four Florida men, because you're extra, accused of stealing over $500,000 in tequila. <laughs> oh, that is very you. C'est moi. Very on brand. Yes. Jamidra. Oh, God. Florida man charged with battery for giving girlfriend wet willy. <sighs> They are horrible, though. I will say that. This is mine. Yeah, but you. Naked Florida man chases two around Chick-fil-A parking lot. Another Florida man throws bicycle, then another man off a bridge. Oh. So. Plot twist. Peak of the week to that meme for distracting us and making us laugh for even a few moments so we don't look out the window and see that everything is literally on fire. Mm -hmm. And now to our song of the week. 
If you're old and out of touch with music Gen Z is into, hmm. bopping to these days, I am. Yeah. Here's a cheat code. They all love 17-year-old singer Billie Eilish. They really do, though. Obsessed. Who he? She? <laughs> she. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Debrat moment all over again. Right? I'll say nothing. I love his work. <laughs> so you know how turtles crawl through that radioactive waste to become the Teenage Mutant Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles? Imagine if a 2001-era Avril Lavigne trudged through the same waste... And then got possessed by a demon. God, that's a really good description of Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. Despite not having an album out, a billion song streams. Her album just came out the other day. People are loving it. It's weird. She is bringing scary sound effects into the mix, such as her dentist drill. Wow. Okay. She also uses weird sound effects like Nightmare Horse. I want to end me. And even the sound of an easy bake oven. Dave Grohl thinks she's going to be the Nirvana of her generation, and Timbaland is obsessed. And this is him reacting to one of her songs. Woo! I'm telling y'all now, this is going to be the biggest artist, 2019. Wow! So if it's good enough for Dave Grohl, Timbaland, millions of teens, it's good enough for me. So let's ride out on a song called "Bad Guy," which. Involves Billy telling us that she's the might seduce your dad type of girl. Oh, hmm. wow. Be careful. Take it away, Billy. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Thanks to David Marcus, Susie Racho, and Ashley Ann Craigbaum. All original music is by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. If you miss us, find us on social media. I'm at Excuse My Beauty. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. And I'm at Jamitra Says. Bye.